It was a hot summer Ohio evening on July 13, 1988. Surrounded by family and friends and other ordained elders from the district, when General Superintendent Gerald Johnson placed his hands on my head and ordained me as an elder in the Church of the Nazarene. Later, my wife shared with me that during Dr. Johnson's prayer, she felt our son Christopher move in her womb for the very first time. Among Dr. Johnson's instructions, this one really stood out. Do the work of an evangelist. I thought I understood. Sure, make sure you give an altar call at the end of the sermon. Learn the Romans Road and the Four Spiritual Laws. Join evangelistic rallies and keep a Jesus Saves pamphlet nearby at all times. And, and take copious notes at the evangelistic training seminars. Sure, why not? But there's something deep in my spirit that begs for more. The thought of merely compelling people into praying the sinner's prayer seems incomplete. Through the course of time, I find myself increasingly drawn towards forming ongoing, redemptive, life-giving relationships with others. Which brings us to the second element from Dave Ferguson's book, Bless, B-L-E-S-S, and that is listen. Ferguson points out that listening is one of the purest acts of love. Author John Eldridge would add that to be heard and to be understood are two completely different experiences. Listening carefully, lovingly, and without judgment is one of the most important gifts you can give to others. Isn't it true that when a person feels seen and safe and supported through our presence, They'll feel comfortable speaking freely about their thoughts and feelings. And so it's not about responding to what has been said, but allowing someone the safe space to express themselves without judgment. Proper listening focuses both on what has been said and what is not yet being expressed. When you pause and look closely at why someone may have difficulty expressing themselves aloud, you may hear the cry of their heart. Listen attentively, with an open mind and heart, so that you can genuinely connect with the other person when it's your turn to speak. There was desperation in her eyes as she approached me. Dressed in modest Muslim attire, a jalaba gown, and a hijab covering her head. To speak to a strange man in public took a lot of courage, but for Halima, it was worth the risk. Eventually, I deciphered Halima's strained attempt to communicate and discovered that she was looking for an English as a second language class. I introduced Halima to my wife, Linda, who would become her teacher her coach, and her cherished friend. Linda didn't just teach English. She shared life with Halima. They went shopping, took excursions, and even prayed together. 
It was a big day when Rod and Halima invited us to their apartment to indulge in a huge meal. Couscous. A friendship was born, and our relationship began to grow deeper. Once we moved to Florida, Rob and Halima came and spent a few days of vacation with us. Through our time together, we learned much about their religion and customs and values. And and likewise, Rod and Halima heard about Jesus. We never had the privilege of leading Rod and Halima to the Lord. Time and distance has since kind of pulled us apart. But that's okay. Their story isn't finished yet.